Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Welcome back, Paul. You've been missed. Paul is uh, still. Ch- he's a. Uh, Okay, got it. The month of January, by the way, just want to remind you, it's dedicated to the holy name of Jesus uh, the entire month. And as Catholics, we know that's also, it's, it's the ordinary time of the church, which is a symbol of hope. The color of green is are the liturgical vestments. Uh, it, means, uh, it means that the seeds are sprouting. It arouses in the faithful the hope of reaping the eternal harvest of heaven, especially the hope of a glorious resurrection. Today's psalm at Holy Mass was Psalm 24, who is the king of glory? It is the Lord. Lift up, O gates, your lentils. Reach up, you ancient portals, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Today's responsorial psalm. couple things I want to talk today with you. The Catholic Church, when you look at medieval Catholic scholars and the scholastics, the Catholic Church, the medieval theologians, they always held that hell was in the center of the earth. <clears throat> it was in the core of the earth. Now, a lot of people will say, "Whoa, that's medieval poppycock. There's no way hell is in the middle of the earth. Okay, I'm just telling you, that was the view of the ancient theologians, is that hell was in the core of planet earth. Okay. Now I know there's a, I know people say no 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 it's outside of planet Earth and it's another dimension okay I understand those theological arguments but I do find this interesting and I see Paul now Paul is on with me that there is a place that does remind me of everything that Our Lady of Fatima talked about when she showed the three young children a vision of hell and the earth opened up and there was fires and flames and people falling in like snowflakes. There's a place in the Soviet Union, it's called, in fact, they call it uh, the Gates of Hell. In Turkmenistan, it's in a particular Soviet region. If you look at pictures, and, 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 and the articles from Epic Times, is called Giant Pit of Fire, mysteriously opened in desert over 40 years ago, still burning now, and here's why. If you look at the pictures, it looks like the picture of Our Lady of Fatima, what she showed the children, it looks like hell. It looks like the mouth of hell, the portal of hell, right on planet Earth. And, uh, I mean, you can just imagine snowflakes souls falling in like snowflakes and again what's interesting is that the medieval theologians the ancient theologians have always held to the theory that hell was in the middle of the earth now i know people say that's baloney that can't be but i'm just telling you this is kind of interesting when you look at this picture uh it, there there seems to be this this sinkhole which is gurgling with gas and mud that was formed back in the 1960s it's uh it's it's eye opening, Paul. What do you think when you when you take a look at that article? What did what came to your mind? Hell, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Jess. Uh, uh, now, is it hell? We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but 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 take a look uh, at the pictures. It, yeah, it, it sure does. 
put it in mind and, and it's a constant reminder of uh of the fate that awaits uh people who die outside of uh union with christ and that's a sad thing yeah and paul it just reminds me or when you look at that picture and there's graphic pictures on this article you can go to the webpage uh vmpr.org and you can take it click uh, you know, click on the link and you can see the pictures or go to my website jesse romero.com click on the, click on the link and, and take a look at the pictures the pictures are incredibly clear and graphic and when i look at these pictures this big old big old gaping hole in russia somewhere where there's fire and and, and it's and and, and this yeah this looks looks like lava and it looks like you know smoke's coming out it reminds me of what our lady of fatima said in 1917 she extended her arms planet earth split open and then the three children our lady said look at uh, souls falling into hell like snowflakes what's described in that story of our lady of fatima is looks exactly like, like what this picture looks like this picture looks like paul the mouth of hell or or a portal to hell yeah <laughs> well just uh, again um the bible talks about hell and extremes uh I don't necessarily know that the fire in hell is a a literal fire, but it, uh, let's just say that um, uh, I don't want to experience it or find out one way or another. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've read. I think I've read from some of the uh, great minds of the church that the fires of hell right now, because the only people in hell are pure souls though they don't have a body so right now the yeah. fires in hell would be purely spiritual it's it's purely the pain of sense as the previous councils that said the pain of sense but when everybody receives their body on the last day and people in hell receive their 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 horrible uh monster-like body united with their soul uh, there's also going to be a physical pain because now they have a physical body. Right now, hell is just the spiritual fires, the spiritual pain of sense. And and oftentimes that's even worse, Paul, than physical pain. I mean, you can put your hand on a hot stove, you know, trying to warm up a tortilla, okay? And you can kind of keep your hand there too long and burn it. You're like, ow, ouch, you know, and you go and put your hand under the cold water. And but it doesn't think, go away, Jess. Uh, the pain doesn't go away it stays there for a long time <laughs> but but what i'm saying is that sometimes the pain of sense is worse think about this you get a phone call yeah. the death of a family member yeah that that pain in your heart is worse than you burning your hand cuz you kept it too long on the stove when you're flipping over a tortilla that that pain, somebody just, my spouse just died. My child just died. That pain in, 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 the, in the interior is much more acute than burning yourself on the outside. As, as, as terrible it is, as it is burning yourself on the outside. Yeah, I know. And I, I agree. And, and so much more, um, uh, obviously, the interior pain has so much uh, more meaning behind it, Jess. Uh, yeah. You know, you can you can kind of isolate physical pain and kind of ignore it and or, or or offer it up and 
But uh, when you have that interior pain that just constantly, um, it, 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 you have difficulty going to sleep, you have, uh, it's just something that you you wish you could wake up from the nightmare that you're experiencing, especially when you're talking about the death of a loved one or something like that. Mm, mm. And, There's... and you can't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Here's something interesting about hell as I look at these pictures in this article from Epic Times is that. Uh, hell, hell has an entrance gate, but hell has no exit gate. Think about that. Mm. There, you can you can go into hell. It has an entrance gate, but it has no exit gate. Like the Hotel California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here, Paul, here's something else about hell that it just kind of I don't know. It just kind of. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 part of the conversation we're having right now in 2024 about immigration. Yeah. Think about this. Uh, heaven has strict immigration laws. <laughs> you got to yeah. die in the state of grace to get into heaven. Heaven has strict immigration laws. And he, guess what? Hell has open borders. Yeah. Right? What a, <laughs> yeah. What a great analogy. I'm just analogy. saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Open borders. As a matter of fact, uh, Jess, you have a mixed multitude of people that are just uh, pouring into it as fast as they can. Right. <laughs> yeah. Un 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 unfortunately, yeah. here's a couple of things that we know about hell from the Bible. OK. And and this is that's why there's no way I would and even wish this hell, on my worst hell, enemy. Hell has, hell has demons and the border has cartels. Yeah, you know, which are which are which are the human version of demons. Yeah, yeah, yes. Daniel chapter twelve verse two tells us that in hell, everybody's going to be feel shame and everlasting contempt. Yeah, our Lord says in Matthew twenty five forty six that at hell's punishment is everlasting; it doesn't finish. Everlasting punishment. Yep. Our Lord says in Matthew twenty four fifty one. That everybody in hell is weeping and grinding their teeth, gnashing their teeth of, the, of the, just the pain that they're in. Luke 3.17 says that in hell, it's inquenchable fire, inquenchable fire. <coughs> in, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Paul. <coughs> where the worm does not die. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. Yep. You know, Jess, listen, um, for me... I used to, I mean, initially, you know, oh yeah, the Lord is, he died to, to, you know, to keep me from going to hell, but it's gotten so much deeper than that right now. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just about not going to hell. Our, our whole disposition has changed. Yes. As you know, as, as we're becoming more and more conformed to the image of Christ, uh, you realize hell is just. It's not the place for us. Um, uh, we'll continue on the other side of the break. Jesus 911, Paul Clay, Jess Romero. All right. Back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Incredible pictures here of this article called Giant Pit of Fire mysteriously opened in desert over 40 years ago, still burning now, and here's why. And it shows this huge, huge crater somewhere in Russia. Uh, they call it they call it the Darvaza Crater. It's been there for over 40 years. Uh, it's been there since the 60s. And uh, they say it's the fifth largest natural gas reserve in the world. When you take a look at it, I mean, it's shrouded with fire, with smoke, you know, it's crackling. Uh, and, uh, and and it looks like, you know, it's an unending pit of lava that's just smoldering. And it just, when you look at it, especially at nighttime, when you look at the pictures at nighttime, as there's many of them people around that ring at night, uh, you can't but think of, of, of the description of hell from Our Lady of Fatima. And also, Paul, we were talking before the break, and you had some comments to make. Yeah, just listen. Um, you know, there's people out there that will say, oh, come on, Paul, and just this is just science. You know that there's all types of lava that are underneath the earth. And yeah, we know that. That's not what we're saying. But when we look at things, God gives us signs and images yes. to remind us of spiritual realities. Yes. And we were talking just... We were talking, um, when we're talking about fire, what does it do to the flesh, Jess, when a person is severely burned in a fire? You've seen it. I've seen it. It disfigures them. Disfigures them beyond all recognition. As a matter of fact, dare I say, you know, unfortunately, um, some people, they they come out looking like monsters, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, to the average person, you know, if a little kid saw them, they would be afraid. Exactly. Well, there's a disfigurement of the soul that's going on. And and so this place where the worm does not die as these disfigured souls uh, uh, by choice, uh, mind you, they're disfigured. They enter into this place called hell and they're at home in this extreme situation and didn't you mention just that all the saints when they when they looked at the uh when they had visions of hell that what did the people look like every single saint uh in approved apparitions that god has allowed to see hell and write about it every single one of them says that the souls in hell look like disfigured monsters and have beast like characteristics animal-like characteristics every single yeah. one yeah so so we're not trying to uh make light of hell by any stretch of the imagination here it's a place where god forbid i wouldn't want my worst enemy to go yeah. christ came to save that which was lost but god has something called justice he is a just god and hell is is god's justice yes yeah. Uh, when when God judges a sinful human being and that human being has resisted the Holy Spirit, resisted the love of God. God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he sent Christ to die for us, Jess. And so a soul that goes to hell goes there in spite of everything God did to prevent him from going. Yeah, it's like the Bible says that we can resist grace. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and by the way, if anybody wants to t- get a good teaching on, on the doctrine of hell on YouTube, uh, 
Terry Barber just put out a good video that he recorded years ago. It's called What Every Catholic Should Know About Hell. What Every Catholic mm. Should Know About Hell. It's on YouTube. It's got the young Dr. Scott Hahn. Uh, nice, uh, nice. That, that, that gives that presentation. Dr. Uh, Father Bill Casey is also on it. Uh, you Father got, Casey. <laughs> yeah, Father Casey and Dr. Hahn. You got some really good uh, uh, young uh, Catholic intellectuals. That, that uh, presentation was in about 30 years ago, and he just dropped it into the Internet. It's called What Every Catholic Should Know About Hell. Here's the last mm. thing that I'll say is all the catechisms, from Trent all the way to Vatican to the New Catechism, all the catechisms say that the pain of hell is are, there's twofold. One is the pain of loss that you ne- you know you're never going to experience God and His love and His and His uh. fatherly protection and, and His care and, and and His and His love. You're never gonna. It's completely separated. You'll never feel love again. That's called the pain mm-hmm. of loss. The second uh, pain that the, all the catechisms talk about in hell is called the pain of sense. They call that the fires of hell, the pain of sense. But they say that the worst pain, uh, A or B, is the pain of loss. That's, mm. that's what's even more acutely painful than the pain of sense, the fires of hell, is the pain of knowing that you'll never, ever see God or experience his love and care again. Oh my goodness, Just that's a nightmare even thinking about it. When I explain it to people, I tell them, imagine, the Bible says God is love. Now think about all the, no matter how terrible this world is, and, 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 and no matter how many hardships we experience in this world, we see the goodness of God in so many ways. And we, even, you know, just like, the, the things that are good in the world, all good things come from God, Jess. Imagine an existence where you are separated from God and there are no longer any, there is no longer anything good. Mm. For me, that's a nightmare. The very thought of that is a nightmare. Whew. Yeah. Well, moving right along, Paul, I want to move, uh, spend a couple of minutes on this because this is something that's happening all over the country, not just in Florida. There's a Florida teacher facing federal charges after making at least 28 sex tapes with her former eighth grade student. A teacher in Orange County, Florida, is facing federal charges after the parents of the former eighth grade student found 28 sex videos of them together on his phone. Paul, this is some phenomena that's happening all over the country. It says the teacher, Mary Jo Gordy, was indicted on three counts of sexually exploiting a minor on, on Wednesday. The jury determined that she enticed the minor to engage in sexual, sexually explicit conduct and then produce a visual depiction of such conduct. Uh, okay. Now, Mike, I want to just have a conversation with you. What would drive a young woman, beautiful, young, to seduce an eighth grade, ninth grade student and somebody who's just probably just reaching puberty this young lady's probably married, got a probably a nice, handsome husband at home, strong and virile. And uh, I've I've read in another article that about thirty percent of the teacher sex associations, thirty percent are female teachers that are predators against young young seventh, eighth, ninth graders. Um, obviously, their moral compass is broken. Number one. But number two, I would, I would also say is this is what this is what happens, in my opinion, Paul, in this pornified culture that we live in. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it's just so prevalent 
that yeah. these thoughts about seducing a young man, they were put there from somebody. And I would venture to say that these male teachers that seduce young girls and these female teachers that seduce young boys, I would venture to say that s- some images were put in their mind and gave them the, the idea to do something like that. Yeah. Apart from their Listen, concupiscence fallen nature, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Jess, you, you touched on it. There's obviously a diabolical disorientation associated yeah, yeah, with this. Yeah. But but on a but on a, a a merely human level, when you understand that most teachers are exposed to this radical feminism uh mm. when they go to college, right? They they come out, you know, with this attitude of they want to be in control. We we don't need men, right? Mm. <laughs> we don't, you know this idea, and 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 I think for some of them, and you know this from from working in the jails, there's an there there's a there's this attraction to it's about control sometimes mm. and sex when you can control things, and so when you assume the position of the dominant person, you want to be in control. And it's easy sense. for them to be, yeah, it's easy for them to control. I think that's the psychology behind it. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a turn on. And at the same time, there's a, I can, I'm controlling the situation. I'm calling the shots. I'm the teacher. I'm this, uh, you know, it, I, I think it's, I think if, if you peel back the layers of the onion, the onion chest, that this is associated with radical feminism. That makes sense to me. Perfect sense. And and coupled with, again, our fallen nature, coupled again with uh, with uh, our pornified, uh, over-sexualized culture in the media, yep. Yep. Uh, uh, coupled with the fact that maybe a lot of these women have, uh, I don't know, maybe they've been abused before. Okay, that's not uncommon. A lot of women... You know, yeah. as adults, they have baggage when they were young. It's not a lot of it's not their fault. A lot of them were yeah. abused when they were younger. Maybe a lot of them as adults, even adult females, they have, I don't know, maybe unmet intimacy needs as well, or they're having their own relationship problems or they're feeling loneliness. The bottom line is, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, your moral bearings, Paul, they're all over the place, or your moral compass is broken, should I say. It's only when, when, when you're facing the North Star, which is Jesus Christ, that your moral compass can be firing on all cylinders. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ and without the power of sanctifying grace, every one of us, Paul, can fall into this type of sin. Because sexual oh, sin, yeah. the sixth and ninth commandment, that's the easiest yeah. sin to fall into, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And and in talking to you, Jess, I learned there's a lot of de- demonic affliction that comes along with especially yeah. sexual disorientation. And and uh, we're talking about everything from the, uh, you know, trying to identify as something that you're not to the wild. I mean, when you when you study paganism, you see what a priority and a focus uh, 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 dare I say even a you know obviously it's a it's a it's an inordinate focus on sex yeah and so yeah. so again you touched right on it when you said it's about Christ the only way we can uh, grab a hold of these things in our lives that natural concupiscence that you talked about that strong desire 
To put to death the deeds of the flesh, sacred scripture says, you can only do it by the power of the spirit. And so what you have is you have a bunch of people. Sin manifests itself, Jess, in so many different ways in the world. Uh, everybody has their, uh, their, their, their thing, so to speak. That, uh, And in this case, this is just another manifestation of a soul that is, that is uh, unable to do the right thing that is a that is a sinner by nature and following the natural course and so the only way you can change that is to connect yourself to the the author of life jesus christ the great physician amen who can who, who is ready willing and able to give us and and to help us wherever we're lacking the problem that we have with with that this our disordered appetites of the flesh St. Paul lays it out entirely in Romans chapter 7. And the key to victory is Romans chapter 8. It's Amen. by living in the power of the Holy Spirit and being Christ-centered. Yes. Jesus 911, two-man car. Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Hey, we're going to talk about tattoos next. Got a lot to say. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Psalm 24, who is the king of glory? It is the Lord. Jesus 911, two-man car. Big topic. We could spend about an hour talking about this, but we'll do the best we can. Talking about tattoos. Here's a, a brief article. I think this one is from uh, Catholic Answers. It's just a brief one. The Church on Tattoos and Piercings. It says, question, what is church teaching on, on body tattoos and piercings? Answer, Old Testament prohibitions regarding tattoos are considered ceremonial laws and thus are not binding on Christians. In other words, it's not part of the moral law. It's part of the ceremonial law in Leviticus. There is nothing inherently immoral about a Catholic having a tattoo or a piercing. What would make those things immoral would be its content, message, and purpose. What message am I trying to send through this action? What is my motivation? It is essentially viewed as a morally neutral act whose morality depends upon content, context, and circumstances. Prudential judgment is needed. So that's just a brief answer from a Catholic Answers website. And here's another one. I'll let Paul read this one. This is from Catholic Exchange. This is a little longer. So I'll ask the question. I'll let Paul read the answer. It's a uh, dear Catholic Exchange. Where does the church stand as far as tattoos and body piercings go? Are they a sin or against the teachings of the church? I am curious if body piercing is wrong. Wouldn't it be wrong to to wear earrings as well. So Paul, this is a, a little bit longer answer from, it's actually from Catholics United for the Faith, which is another Catholic apologetics organization in the East Coast. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, yeah, Jess, that one didn't, for some reason, it's not pulling up on my computer. So go ahead and read the answer. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> it says, Dear Patricia, peace in Christ. The church has never prohibited ear piercing. And in the Bible, there is no prohibition against the wearing of earrings and nose rings. And then it quotes Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 12. In addition, 
We're not aware that the church has pronounced. We're not aware that the church has pronounced on tattoos, body piercing in general, or tongue piercing specifically. However, the church does provide general principles to consider. For example, there's the issue of totality to consider. According to this principle, the parts of one's body are ordered to the good of that person. Thus, surgical mutilation or other disfigurement must not seriously impair or destroy bodily functions or the beauty of the individual. I'll give you an example. Paul, you've probably seen youngsters, and I've seen them as well, where they put those, they make holes on their earlobes and they wear these big old, big old studs or, you know, it looks like a big old, uh, you know, shield on their ear and they expand their ear. And then once they get older and they become adults and they become mature, they take those things off and they go, I want to close this. So they have to go and get stitches, but the earlobe is still, it still hangs like, like a, like kind of like, uh, you know, the ears of Lassie, they still kind of hang. That would be an example of mutilate, mutilating and disfiguring your body, which would be sinful because a perfectly, a perfect body part was mutilated just for what reasons? Ah, I want people to look at me. I want people to, you know, I, look, I want to look cool. You know, I want people to ask me, you know, just like, wow, look at that guy's earrings, you know, whatever it is, you've, you've damaged a body part. And so that would be at the very least a venial sin. Comment, Paul? Yeah. Um, I think that whole idea was borrowed from from Africa, right? That's what the, yeah. as you yeah. remember, remember the natives would put the plates in their lips and, mm-hmm. and just different, different things. So, so these ideas came out of Africa and we know just that the African people were afflicted in, uh, in darkness. Uh, there, you know, there was a lot of demonic activity there. So it seems to be in this culture, we, like you said, certain people, a lot of people, um, think that it's cool uh, i don't i think that they do it for other reasons even more than because it's cool but like you said it, it's a form of attention but yeah. look um, at me look at me look at yeah. me yeah yeah uh, it's 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 sad to be honest with you and it it, it grieves my heart um because uh we know that the devil is involved on every level i i i see it clearly jess a lot of people say oh you guys see the devil behind everything well we live in a diabolically disoriented world (laughs) so yes you know the devil is uh he is the god little g of this world and if you're not walking with christ if you're not trusting in him if you're not depending on the power the dunamis power the dynamite of the holy spirit then guess what um you are subject to Satan, whether you know it or not. And so all of these things that you're pointing out, Jess, like these tattoos that, uh, and people get them for different reasons. I get it. Yeah. There's an element that, you know, they think like, Oh, let's go out and get a tattoo and it's beautiful. And it's artwork. Yeah. There's that element of it. But then there are people who have, who who don't like themselves. And it's a form of, like you say, self mutilization. Um, uh, uh, it's a, it's, there's a person who is his his soul and mind are already captive uh, by Satan. And so then they begin to uh, use their body 
and like and like the article pointed out uh they make it a poster board for things that are going on you remember those gangsters and some of those tattoos how vile oh, some of man. them were uh yeah and the messages behind them um Paul, there was yeah. one guy. This one guy arrested back in, in, in you know, back in the day. On uh, across his neck, he had in bold Roman numerals or ro- Roman letters across his neck, big, wicked, right across yeah. his neck. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, tight, or you yeah. see him with with horns on their head, and yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, they put the tattoos all over their face. Uh, why? Because they're trying to instill fear in people. They're trying to, uh, and 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 we know that what does sacred scripture say? Just fear is of the devil. Yes. And perfect love casts out all fear. But if you see some guy and he's so tatted up all across his face and everything, well, people start getting out of his way, right? Yeah. They, they don't want to get anywhere near that guy. Right. And it's sad. Yeah. yeah. And they do it on, they, and that's precisely why they do it. Some of the principles behind you know, getting getting a tattoo. Here's what this one exorcist told me. He goes, Jess, if you talk to anybody who has a tattoo, generally speaking, not always, generally speaking, it was they it, they got that tattoo when they were not in a right relationship with God. And I said, ah, I talked to guys. Oh yeah, I got this tattoo in Vietnam. I got this tattoo in Desert Storm. I got this tattoo after I got drunk after work. You know, at uh, you know at Firestone Station, and you know we were drunk, and I got this tattoo. When you talk to the average guy, oh, I got this in the Navy when we were over. We, if you talk to the average guy, you'll find, and this is what an exorcist told me, he goes, they've got the tattoo at a point in time in their life when they were not in a right relationship with God. And what happens is by looking at that tattoo, the demon is able to take your mind and your memory and your imagination and remind you of that sinful condition and continue beating you down with it. Remember this, remember this, because that's what the entire Bible is about from the Old Testament. God says, remember, remember, remember. The demon also uses the same thing against us. Ah. Remember you got that tattoo Ah. of that naked girl on your shoulder. Remember that day. You're a loser. You're mine. You know what? God doesn't love you. You know, you're going to serve me. That's that's my emblem on your arm. The devil keeps reminding you of that, of that moment when you were not in a right relationship with God. Yeah, and just yet, and I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, there was a priest, and he's uh, he's on YouTube, and he got it. He got a tattoo, and you know he's talking and justifying why he got a tattoo, and it means something different. Okay, in a technical sense, you can say, well, you know, but let me tell you something. If that's what you need to do to try to get somebody's Clicks. attention or whatever, Clicks. there's some, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's something, yeah, there's something wrong there. Now, it may not be deeply wrong, but it's wrong. And you and I both know that eventually venial sin leads to mortal sin. Yeah, yeah. And so so if you're, uh, uh, again, uh, the tattoo is something that you do to your body, right? And so so maybe you have a just, I don't know. I'm not, listen, that's between the person and God. But I can just tell you that just by what you said, and I agree with it, that ultimately, um, your motivations, however benign they may seem, something's wrong there. Yeah. A couple of things I want to mention is, uh, is one of the reasons that when you get a tattoo, here's, a, here's one of the side effects. 
It says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, is that you have the, the prospect of stumbling a weaker person in the faith, or you become a scandal to weaker people in the faith. Yeah. Also, uh, also uh, remember, our body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Uh, the Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, that we should cleanse ourselves from every defilement of flesh. Mm-hmm. Here's what I tell people, it's in, 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 and I stand by these words. The Bible says nothing unclean shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. I know some people have you know, probably made some mistake and got some ugly tattoos that they can't take off. And now they've, had a, they've come to Jesus and they're living in a state of grace. And they regret the tattoo when they were living in, a wrong, in, in, in mortal sin and in, in, in a bad relationship with God. But the good news is this. Let's say you can't get the, the laser tattoos. It's too expensive or it's too painful or you got too many. Jesus is going to remove every single tattoo from every single body before the glorified body enters heaven. Because the Bible's clear, nothing unclean shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and yeah, tattoos. So when all so so when all things are made new, Jess. Yes. Uh, yeah, it will be. Yes. Yeah. Listen, and full disclosure, Jess, I have instant, a tattoo. Instant laser. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I have a tattoo that I got in the military. And guess what? When you talk about remember, 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 sometimes Uh you want to tell yourself, I remember the good old days, but they weren't so good. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't so good. (laughs) Jesus 911, we'll be right back. We're going to talk about deactivating tattoos. We'll be right back. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. I want to talk about deactivating tattoos. This is a spiritual warfare Catholic principle that's taught by many exorcists. Uh, the one that wrote this article is uh, Monsignor Rossetti. He's the exorcist for the for the Archdiocese of Washington. He's also a, a, a trained psychologist, so he's got a PhD in psychology and theology. Uh, very, very learned man. So I'm going to walk you through it. If you get this article, here's, here's what I would do. Let's just say you have a, an ugly tattoo uh, and you can't, you can't, you know, you tried that laser uh, removal and it's too painful or, or doesn't, it doesn't really remove it. It just blurs it. Well, here's what or I would do. you can't afford it. <laughs> or you can't afford it. There you go. You can't afford it. In the bottom of this article, Monsignor Rossetti has, it's called Prayer for Deactivation of Tattoos for Lay People. Okay? Here's what I would do. <clears throat> okay? Just in, and you read this article, it, 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 I'm just, I'm just going to kind of wrap, sum up this article. You don't know if the person who put this tattoo on you you don't know what his state was. Was he in a state of grace or is he a part of the occult? Somebody who lives in objective mortal sin, if he's, is he part of the occult himself? Mm. Uh, uh, or oftentimes I've read in different mag- secular magazines like Rolling Stone magazine and other magazines. They talk about a lot of tattoo artists actually boast about they curse the ink before they put it on the person. And, and they laugh, and, and a lot of tattoo artists 
in these uh, these Rolling Stone magazine article that I read, they say that they're actually cursing people under their breath and calling demons mm. as they're putting on a tattoo. That because makes a lot sense, of these, Jess. yeah, a lot of these guys are occultist. Yeah. So hey, they're not pr- they're not praying for you when they're putting it on. Well, they're cursing well, you. Well, think about how how we use holy water, Jess. Right? Yeah. Holy water. Uh, the demon, if he curses and, and prays over this ink that permanently marks your body or the or the Satanists, or, uh, can you imagine? You basically have the mark of a demon on you at that point, and you don't even you may not even know it. Amen. So here's here's what I'm going to take Monsignor Rossetti's advice, and here's what I would recommend to people. Uh, that say, you know what, I've had a conversion and I've got these ugly tattoos and I can't take them off, but I want to weigh it some way, shape or form. I want to deactivate them. And I'm kind of embarrassed to go to a priest. Well, you could do it yourself because remember you have authority over yourself as well. So there's mm-hmm. a prayer at the bottom of the article. <clears throat> what you would do is you get blessed oil. Okay. Anybody, any lay Catholic can get blessed oil. Go to your pastor. You can get blessed oil. Okay. I would go to the church. And I would do this for nine days straight. In Catholicism, when we pray for nine days, we're we're expecting our Lord to tarry. We're expecting our Lord to move with power. These are called novenas. Nine-day consecutive prayers. So I would go to the church. If I have an ugly dragon tattoo on my forearm, or if I have a a samurai warrior on my tricep, uh, or if I have a, a t- tattoo that says, trust no man, uh, I would go to the church, make sure I'm in a state of grace, make sure you're confessed, you're in a state of grace, in a right relationship with God, take blessed oil, and then I would make the sign of the cross on that tattoo, you make the sign of the cross, and you do that deactivation prayer that's written right there in this article. So let's say I got a dragon in my forearm, I put the sign of the cross with blessed oil three times in honor of the Trinity, and then I pray. In the holy name of Jesus, through the authority of natural law and my baptism, through the merits of the passion, death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus, and his sending of the Holy Spirit, I remove this tattoo and break and I sever all connections between this tattoo and the evil one and its associates. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to drive out any demons that may have attached themselves to me because of this tattoo and to purify the ink that was used to make it. I ask you to break all connections between the image and any demons that may have attached themselves to me because of the tattoo. In the name of Jesus, I void any claims or rights that demons may claim to me due to, my, due, due to any magical images, symbols, or writing incorporated into the tattoo. And through the sign of the cross, and then you make the sign of the cross over the tattoo using uh, blessed oil, I exercise myself, I, I mean, I consecrate myself to our Lord Jesus Christ through the immaculate hands of the Blessed Virgin Mary, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would recommend that you do that prayer three times inside the Catholic Church, in front of the tabernacle, or inside an adoration chapel. Three times, yeah. and for nine days straight. Go ahead. A couple questions. Yeah, a little novena type action. Yeah. Uh, just a, cu- a couple of questions. Uh what if you have multiple tattoos? Uh, do you have to do it for each and every tattoo or can you just... Uh... No, just do that one prayer and bless uh, uh, with the with blessed oil, put a cross on all the tattoos you have everywhere. 
Okay? okay. And th- with that with that prayer, all the tattoos you have everywhere, bless them with blessed oil, make it, make three crosses on them, and then do that prayer for all the tattoos in your body and do that prayer three times. Because generally, the exorcists say when you pray a prayer three times in honor of the Trinity, but also to break a curse because curses are generally uh, projected towards us three times. The occult mm-hmm. uses incantations and curses. They'll de- say it three times. And also, I, I would... Do- tells us- no, you just reminded me, sacred scripture tells us a cord of three is not easily broken. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Ecclesiastes yeah. chapter, I think, four. Yeah. And then I would do it for nine days in, 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 based on the tradition of the church that the apostles and Our Lady prayed for nine days before the Holy Spirit tarried and came upon them with power. And so mm. that's what I would do. And I would never give it a second thought again. What, what, because you have control over your body. Your body is you. Your body belongs to you. It is your temple. And so you or a Catholic priest can do these deactivation prayers. You, it's yeah. like this. It's like who can bless a, man, a person's house? Your yeah. pastor, a Catholic priest, or the father, the man of the house? Catholic Church teaching. Yeah. Yep. So who can bless your wife, your pastor yep. or the husband? Or the, and, yep. Yeah. So the same so, thing applies to your body. You can have a yes. Catholic priest do this, but you can do it yourself. Yes. 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 And, and this is part of a lot of people might be listening and they might say, oh, this is, that's, I don't believe that. It's a, well, you know what? This is an exorcist who's dealing on the front line with <laughs> demons. Okay. If you don't listen to him. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't believe it. Well, Jesus believed that there were demons <laughs> and casted many of them out. Okay. He, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And if you're serious about your walk henceforth and following Christ, then you need that spirit of reparation, that spirit of that godly sorrow that leads to repentance. And this is a way where uh, you, you know, uh, I was approached by one of my children, Jess, by the way, who has tattoos. And uh, dad, why do why does bad things always seem to happen to me? Well, I mean, one thing you can nip in the bud is pray this prayer. Yeah, <laughs> that you can get that chrism, that 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 holy oil, and 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 that you can remove that obstacle that impediment to holiness and to cry out to god and and show god that god i have repented from these things uh amen this is good stuff yeah yeah but before i do this deactivation prayer over myself i would go to the sacrament of confession i'd go confess my sins and then then i would do this prayer for nine days straight that's a novena and there's power in a nine-day consecutive prayer. We know that from the book of Acts. And then you do that prayer that's in this article. It's called Prayer for Deactivation of Tattoos for Lay People. Do it three times in honor of the Trinity and, and put with blessed oil. Put a cross, now, three crosses on every part where you have the tattoo. I don't care yeah, if you have 50 yeah. tattoos. Put 50 yeah, crosses on your body. Jess, can you imagine from a demon's perspective... Uh, where he 
that he 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 drew you know the power that he draws or whatever as he sees that tattoo and he understands let's just say it was uh consecrated the ink was consecrated to satan in some kind of way now it has holy oil yeah. over it it probably would drive him so far away because it would hurt him to look at that because it would remind him of his ultimate fate which is Absolutely. what that 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 Christ will vanquish his enemies. Amen. That God's judgment is uh, for sure. And remember, God's blessing, even done through yourself, because every person has the power in relation to self to drive out demons. This is normal Catholic teaching, and so the power of Jesus Christ. The power of the Trinity, the power of the church through your blessing and decommissioning these tattoos is more powerful than any, than any cursed ink or any occultist that may have put these on your body 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So the article, you can get it on vmpr.org, vmpr.org. The article's called Spiritual Warfare Prayers Deactivating Tattoos. Spiritual Warfare Prayers Deactivating Tattoos. Or you can go to my website, pick it up, uh, vmpr.org, I'm jesseromero.com. The article is called Spiritual Warfare Prayers Deactivating Tattoos. Again, it could be done by a Catholic priest or it could be done by the person. But I think it's time to put on your big boy pants and I think every person that says, you know what, I've had a conversion to Christ. I don't like this dragon that I have. I don't like Bruce Lee on my other arm. You know what? I need to, I need to deactivate and decommission these tattoos. I don't know who, I don't know the state of the, of the guy who put this on me. I don't know the state of his soul or his relationship with God. And I don't know what he did with the ink. And so, you know what? Just in case, PRN, as they say in the world of nursing, just in case, I'm going to do this, this deactivation prayer because uh, I want to call God's blessing upon my body and remove any curses that, may, that somebody may have projected towards me. Right. And and again, we're not saying that this is true of every tattoo, right. but we have no right. way of knowing. So what this is, this is it's 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 in caso, as they say in Spanish. That's in case, right. In yeah. case, because I don't want anything getting in the way between me and my Lord. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Or in the world of medicine, PRN. Yep. <laughs> do do that PRN. Do it in case of. Yep. Well, that's a wrap, Paul. Good stuff, brother. I'm glad you're back. Yeah. Hey, uh, Psalm 69, verse 2, it describes this show. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. You've been listening to Jesus 911, two-man car. Every single week, here we are, pounding the gospel of Jesus Christ into your eardrums. Up next, Bishop Strickland up next. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. And uh, as for us, EOW, end of watch. We are out. <laughs>